0: The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word.
1: Well, we wish you a happy new year. Have you tried to sign in to something 2023 yet? Uh, I did, and I got it right the first time. Now, I'm not going to say what might happen the next time, but we welcome you to Exploring the Word, and it is good to be live again. We had quite a few pre-recorded programs during the month of December, especially last week, but we're glad you're here today. We're glad we're here. Alex, it's good to be here in 2023, isn't it? Well,
2: it is good to be here. The Lord has given us another year and another day to study His Word here on Exploring the Word. It's a blessing, isn't it? It
1: really is. And we're in John 18, and uh, we're going to ask and answer one of the most important questions that's ever been asked, and that is, what is truth? So we'll get to that in a few moments, but Alex, uh, as I was listening to headline news today, I noticed over in Jerusalem, there was some big news about archaeology. And uh, uh, once again, archaeology finally catches up with the Word of God. Is that Would that be well, a fair statement? Then,
2: amen. You know, back in 2014, we visited the excavation site for the Pool of Siloam. And, uh, you know, this does go back to Old Testament times. And, you know, Hezekiah dug a water tunnel, you know, 70 some feet underground. And, you know, at one time, Hezekiah's water tunnel, they thought didn't exist because certainly in primitive times, people couldn't have dug down 70 feet and created this aqueduct almost. And then the Pool of Siloam, which connects to it, Uh, Well, it's all been discovered, and Bert, it was in the international news this morning that 2023 will be the time that the Pool of Siloam, which absolutely, it's one more discovery that proves the historicity of Old and New Testaments, that it would be uh, opened up to the public. And Bert, I was going to say, I visited that in 2014, and an archaeologist that we spoke with excitedly, just very enthusiastically said, Jesus Christ stood here. And he was so enthused, I thought the gentleman must be a believer. He really wasn't a Christian. He was a historian, but he just, he said, look, this proves that Jesus stood here. So you're right, Bert, this is another example of historical verification of the accuracy of the New Testament by the, uh, uncovered by the spade of the archaeologist.
1: You know, archaeologists, biologists, uh, anything, if they would only follow truth, what is truth, it would lead them to know that the Bible is true. It would lead them to know that there is a God. And then when they look at all the world religions and they look at the superiority of the word of God over all other writings and see the truth of it and examine the truth about Jesus Christ, they would become followers of Christ. I'm convinced of that and so we believe this might lead to some of these historians, archaeologists, coming to Christ. We're praying for that as well. Well, Alex, again, I pre- we always want to say thanks to Jim Stanley for coming in, and I know he sat in for two days for me as I was out for Christmas vacation. And but you guys got into chapter 18, and it was the arrest of Jesus and him before Caiaphas, and now he's before. Pilate. And uh, in Pilate, uh, verse 33, entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, are you speaking for yourself on this or did others tell you about this? I love that question that Jesus asked. Are you repeating what you have discovered? Are you just repeating things that you've heard? When we get to heaven, we're going to have to answer to what we've done with Jesus, not what others have done with Jesus. We're going to have to answer for ourselves, aren't we? Well, we
2: we really are. I mean, we can't go to heaven and, and say to the Lord, well, my, my parents were good believers. Well, hopefully they were, but, you know, what have we done with Jesus? And, you know, earlier in the chapter, Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. And then one of the soldiers hit Jesus in the face. I mean, you know, it's like religion has tried to, shall we say, kiss Jesus and show lip service about he was a good man or something like that. And then the secular world, like those soldiers hit him and just want to push him away. But you know what? Every person has to deal with Jesus. I mean, philosopher, scientist, famous person, rich people, uh, ordinary Every Everybody, you can't ignore Jesus because eventually everybody will stand before Jesus and the only question will be, did you open your heart and accept him or did you procrastinate and push him away? Uh, just like Pilate here in John 18, and we'll get to verse 35, which is so key, but people have to make a decision. And in fact, everyone really does make a decision, don't they, Bert?
1: They really do. Everyone is appointed unto man, wants to die, and then stand in judgment. And the whole judgment is what you have done with Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. There is no plan B. There is no alternate route. It is Christ and Christ alone by grace through faith alone. That is the only way. And then Pilate answered, verse 35, as you said, a very important verse. It says, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priest have delivered you to me. What have you done? Now, again, listen to this. The questions he asks, what he knows is the chief priest have done this. Now, what we're, there's a big debate, and I want to start uh, asking it right now. The people that cry out, crucify, crucify him. Some people say it's the same crowd that sang Hosanna, uh, you know, the Sabbath before, and now they're crying, crucify him, crucify him. Alex, I'll just go ahead and say it. I believe it's a little bit different crowd because lay people were leading the crowd about Hosanna. When I say lay people, it wasn't the chief priest. It wasn't the scribes. It wasn't the elders. It was the ordinary Jewish citizen there praising God. Here, it is obvious The chief priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, they're out in front dictating close to what the others are saying. So keep an eye on that, uh, those of you who are listening and watch that. But, Alex, this question is, uh, am I a Jew? And then what have you done? Now, uh, that's – Pilate is is getting – let me say this. He gets straight to the point at this point in time, and he is letting him know, what, what do you have to say? Uh, what have you done? What, why have the chief priest of your own nation brought you before me? That is the question that he asked, isn't it? Well, it, it
2: is. It is. And, you know, over and over, the innocence of Jesus is demonstrated because, you know, Jesus had said, look, I was teaching, you know, for what crime am, am I being accused? Uh, you know what I taught? And, you know, as Pilate is going to say, I find no fault in him. Uh, they couldn't pin him down. I mean, because he was not guilty of any legitimate religious crime. You know, Burt C.S. Lewis in his famous book, Mere Christianity, ha- had what has come to be known as the trilemma. Now, if Jesus said he was God incarnate and that was a lie, he would be guilty of untruth. And if he was delusional and, you know, uh, you know, mistaken about his own identity or even crazy, he would be. A lunatic, but if he wasn't lying and he wasn't crazy and he was telling the truth, well, to call himself the Son of God, that was the greatest act of honesty and truth that he could have possibly done. But you know, Bert, um, like you said, the ordinary people were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, then crucify him. And the the religious leaders were plotting to find some way, even though it was really um, an illegitimate trial. Series of trials, and you know they couldn't execute a criminal, and Rome didn't want to, but it was almost like the Jewish people, you know, forced it. Here's the thing, though: the culpability it was on all of us. You know we we don't we don't want to be anti-Semitic and let all the blame rest on the Jewish leaders. Um, there was blame on the Roman uh, centurions and uh, Pilate and Herod and all of the people. But Jesus went to the cross for all of our sins. And it's like composers and poets and writers have said, it was my sins,
1: Alex McFarland and all of us. It was our sins that nailed him to the tree, wasn't it? It really was. And, and it is personal. And Alex and I are making it personal to you who are listening. Has there been a time in your life when you saw yourself hopeless in sin without Christ? No hope of having enough money? no hope of being good enough, no hope of doing the right things. You have to come as a sinner, repenting, turning away from your ways and say, God, I want to do it your way. I turn away from my sin, and I know you died on the cross. I know you rose again, and today I ask you to forgive me of my sin and become Lord of my life now and forever. You've got to make that, and I pray that you would. And if you need help doing that, there's a number that we partner with, and you can call them, uh, that you can chat with Jesus. Uh, uh, 800-Know-Jesus. You can know him and really come to know him as Lord and Savior. So I pray that you would ask Christ into your life. Alex, Jesus responds by saying, my kingdom is not of this world. Now, listen, that would throw most people off. When you talk about a kingdom uh, if you've got a secular worldview, what are you going to think?
2: Well, with a secular worldview, uh, every king has a kingdom, and so where's your castle? You know,
1: <laughs> That's it, yeah.
2: That, that's kind of what he was asking. And then Jesus says the thing that's going to really blow his mind, and, of course, verse 38 also is very famous, because Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, look, if this were just forts and castles, I would get an army to fight for me. But my kingdom is not from here. And then Jesus says the amazing thing, Bert, that nobody else has said, nobody else could say. He came into the world from eternity into time to bear witness to the truth. Bert, I want to point something out here that, you know, um, you've got to read all the Gospels to get the complete picture. and like mark 14 where jesus so clearly um calls himself the i am and the son of man god incarnate it's worth pointing out that only jesus of all the religious figures that that have ever come across the stage of history only the lord jesus really claimed to be god incarnate and this is an amazing thing what you do with me will determine where you spend eternity And that's a
1: unique message, isn't it? It is. And Jesus is the only one that has that message. Not Muhammad, not Confucius, no Buddha, only Jesus Christ. And that's the uniqueness of it. And and we here on AFR, Exploring the Word, we understand that. We know that. We proclaim that. Jesus is Lord. So today, I pray that you would receive him as Savior and Lord.
0: This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for John Roberts, Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. As Chief Justice, he has significant influence over case selection, leads case discussion, and can choose who writes the court opinions. Psalm 33 5 reminds us of the importance of justice. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Right now with this in mind, let's pray. Dear heavenly Father, we ask for guidance for Chief Justice John Roberts. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says if you leave church feeling relaxed and at ease, you may have missed something. He'll explain as we spend two minutes with Tony.
3: Far too many of us gather together on Sunday for a parade rather than to find out how to go to war. And that's why we have so many casualties on the battlefield. We have casualties on the battlefield because far too often Christians are not at war. They're simply visiting the parade. You say, well, how do you really know that... We're in a war, that's easy. There are a lot of POWs out there. There are a lot of prisoners of war. People who have been caught in the crossfire of the angelic conflict. Like it or not, we have described that you're in a battle that you had nothing to do with starting and yet you're right smack dab in the middle of it. Because it has to do with a battle that was erupted when there was a rebellion in the heavenlies. That got transferred down here to earth when Satan set up his command post from planet earth. And God came down to this command post, created a man who would usurp authority over him, the lesser overruling the greater. The battle has unfolded. Satan takes the lead. He takes the initiative. And that is why the scripture says that the whole world lies in the hands of the evil one. Hand it over as men join Satan in his rebellion against God. But when you came to Jesus Christ, you were born into another world. Uh, You were born again into the family of God, the kingdom of God. And now you are fighting on the other side.
0: Learn more about the battle going on behind the scenes of your life. Request a copy of Tony's best-selling book, Warfare. You'll find the real life help you've been looking for. Visit TonyEvans.org for details. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29 13. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
2: John chapter 18 the gospel of John chapter 18 in verse 36 Jesus says to Pilate he says quote my kingdom is not of this world if my kingdom were of this world my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews but now my kingdom is not from here and this is just amazing Jesus goes on and he says to Pilate he says yes I'm a king you've said rightly and for this cause was i born and for this cause i came into the world that i would bear witness to the t- truth everyone who is of the truth here's my voice well we hope that you are of the truth and by that we mean we hope that there's been a time when you asked jesus to come into your heart we're going to continue in john 18 but bert i've got to ask you a question are you ready for a i'm ready question?
1: question number one yes
2: <laughs> okay what does um la airport in new york silverfish south dakota uh dallas fort worth miami and lax do you know what all those airports have in common
1: well i'll say this alex mcfarland has been there i know that but is there more
2: (laughs) well over the life of our show some you know decade plus about four or five times i have literally done exploring the word sitting in an airport sitting on the floor with all my gear spread out and you know we've done it about four or five times in a decade this happens we one of those days and angie and i are on the road traveling and we're in dallas texas oh man and um (laughs) you know all this snow has got us delayed i thought i would be home but it's all right and there's people around getting to hear about John chapter 18. <laughs> Amen.
1: Well, Alex, you know, this is our first broadcast of 2023 and we found out you called and said, man, I'm traveling. What do we need to do? And, uh, I went to our, our guys that tell us what we need to do. The the guys that make us come across the airways and they said, we need Alex on today. And so I'm glad you are at a place where we can hear you. And even the background noise, it's kind of like preaching. Now, Alex, you know I've preached for over. Well, let me just say, I'm working on 50 years, 50 years of preaching the Word of God. And I want to just tell you, I'd rather preach in a church where I hear some babies and children because they're there than in a church that's just quiet as it can be. So I want to just tell you, I'm enjoying that background noise, brother. I'll just Whoa, tell you God that right bless now. You.
2: God bless you. Well, you know, those that, that know us, they know we've got gear that we can take around and portable gear. And, uh, you know, um, I'm an evangelist, and exploring the Word is the kind of the, the centerpiece of our ministry. But I travel and preach. And, uh, you know, the time once I was in New York City coming out of LaGuardia Airport and uh, did the radio show from LaGuardia, and I thought— I wonder if many gospel presentations <laughs> have taken place here at Lagordia. But amen. anyway, today we're in John 18, and Bert, I, w- I want to talk about a couple of things for a minute in in John 18. And you and I have taught on this before, but the word truth, oh, T-R-U-T-H, amen. it's a Greek word. It's uh, a lathea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. But truth is. This is how scholars define it, that which corresponds to reality. In other words, truth is the way things really are.
1: Well, Alex, let me ask you this. If that's the case, would truth be truth anywhere, in all circumstances, and at any time? Truth is truth anywhere, under all circumstances, at all times. Is that fair? We may have lost Alex there. I can't hear him. Uh, so we'll see what we come, but let me share this with you while we're making sure he's coming back and he asked, what is truth? That's what Pilate asked. What is truth? And we'll get to Jesus response. But anyway, what is truth? I wrote down Pilate was woke before wokeness ever came about because today, when we look at truth, they're asking what is truth? Your truth, my truth. We hear that all the time. Alex, are you there now? Okay, we're still waiting on him. But what they'll say is, what is your truth? And uh, so your truth, listen, it is truth no matter when, where. That which was corresponds with reality. And yes. so, Alex, I said, "Pilot, let me make sure you heard this. Pilot was woke before wokeness became popular because he is saying, what is truth? You know, yeah. is it your truth or my truth? No, it is truth, isn't it?
2: it Amen. 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 You know, woke might be a comparatively new word, but that uh, attitude that I can shape truth to suit myself, that's been around a long time, hasn't it? It's been
1: around a long time, and so let's take time out here because we want to make sure those who are listening that they get this because in a lot of churches today, uh, we're hearing people talk to us, and they say, man, we don't hear the Word of God uh, preached and proclaimed the way it's done on exploring the word, y- y'all guys deal it in a systematic way. You do it expositorily, and all we hear is jumping here and there in truth. Listen, truth corresponds with reality, and Jesus is truth. He does correspond with reality. Matter of fact, Alex, I would go as far as say Jesus is the real reality. You know, everything else, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything else comes short, does it not?
2: exactly sometimes scholars use the term prime reality p r i m e yes jesus is the real reality and let me say that we've often quoted a w tozer who you know famously tozer he said a christian is an oddity to this world he lifts himself up by bowing himself down he he lives by dying you know i want to say the deadest you'll ever be is running away from jesus the most alive you'll ever be is putting yourselves in the arms of jesus and Bert. that that's why you know there was a man he was president of yale university many years ago william Lyon Phelps, and he said as much as people need a college education even more they need a bible education amen and look you could have a phd all over the wall and all of the accolades of the world and academia. But if you reject God and Jesus Christ, you're, you're a fool, the Bible says. Truth and wisdom and life is acknowledging Christ and building your beliefs and your whole life on him.
1: Well, we were talking earlier about the archaeology discovery of the Pool of Siloam. And so we've heard this over and over again. Not long, too many years ago, they found the documents and coinage and different things with King David named. They they thought, well, that was made up. No, it was a reality. The whole idea is reality of, of the Bible. It is his story. And so when Pilate says, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. I find nothing prosecutable. I find nothing. What you've told me that he had done, I find no fault in. Uh, And so, Alex, this this pilot is going to be the ultimate politician, even though when he knows what to do, he does not do it, but he tries to put the blame on others. Now, let me ask you this. We know the rest of the story about pilot. He's going to He's going to beat him in chapter 19. He's going to, and he's trying to get this off of his decision. But the Jews, the high priest, they come back and put it in his, the ball in his court for him to decide. Uh, even though Judas is carrying it, even though Pilate was carrying out something that God knew would happen, and through that we would have forgiveness of sin through the crucifixion, resurrection of Christ they're still accountable, aren't they? They're still accountable for their choices.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, um, there's so much going on here. Um, There's the free will of man, and yet there's the sovereignty of God. And uh, Bert, somebody asked um, D.L. Moody one time, how do you reconcile the, uh, the free will of man and the sovereignty of God? And Moody said, well, you don't have to reconcile friends. You know, they work together, um, but I don't claim to understand it all. But I know this. Uh, God was fully in control. Uh, Jesus is fully divine and he never ceased to be God. And God's providential uh, running of his universe was never in jeopardy. But people had a choice to make, whether it be the Roman soldiers or Pilate or Herod or Caiaphas or Annas, the leaders. And yes, people are accountable. We're accountable. We weren't there when they cried out, release Barabbas. But today, every one of us, and we always come back to this. Um, the, the most important decision you make, the most consequential thing ever is to say, Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner and Jesus died for me. Lord Jesus, save my soul. Um, otherwise, we stand as guilty as all those that nailed him to the
1: cross. It really does. Now it, the this chapter finishes up and it says, But you have a custom that I should release someone to you. This is Pilate talking to the Jewish people. That that I release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Now notice what he says the king of the Jews. He declares him to be the king of the Jews, and it's going to carry over to even putting the that that title above Jesus on the cross. Then they all cried saying again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Let me just say this. Uh, John 1840 is kind of an understatement concerning Barabbas. Uh, he, he was a notorious robber from all the accounts that we know about him. And so they said, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Alex, uh, That is still, in our society today, anything but Jesus. This is what, in our national education, the format that's going around today, anything but Jesus. You can have cross-dressers, drag queens, speaking it in libraries or speaking it at schools. You can have anything but not Jesus. This is what the Jewish people are saying. Not this man. Anybody but Jesus release uh, that attitude, as you said about wokeness. That attitude has been around a long, long time, just coming under a different name.
2: I know, I know. I want to point something out that I think is pretty interesting there in um, verse thirty-nine. You know, Pilate is addressing the crowd. He says, "You've got a custom that one should be released at Passover." Uh, You know, and release is you know exonerated, right? uh should i release to you the king of the jews and that i mean i i i don't presume to know what was in his heart when he said that but let's talk about the word king there for a minute because it's it's the word from which we get the word basilica and you know like they talk about the basilica of saint peter and a basilica is like in the vatican like a church or house of house of god and the the word there in verse 39 basilia is king or but it means sovereign and what Pilate was essentially saying there in the way it's worded is, should i release to you your sovereign um the the one who is sovereign over you i mean this is an amazing statement now it might have been a statement to get the leaders really angry because you know they they would say you know we have no king but caesar but it's just amazing whether the English translations render it "King of the Jews," but Pilate is essentially saying to all those religious leaders,
1: "Okay, here he faded out of Jesus okay, yeah. sovereign." Yeah, and yeah, that's fascinating. Exactly, words it is, it is King of the Jews, the sovereign he is. Now, a lot of times, men like Pilate speak truth when they don't know they're speaking truth, and that I find that quite evident here. When he is saying, what is truth? And then here he declares him king of the Jews. As you said, we don't know what's in his heart, but he is declaring truth, not knowing it. Uh, It reminds me of the last time we had a Supreme Court nominee going before the Senate uh, Judicial Committee, and they asked her about a woman. What is a woman? And she said, I'm not a biologist. She answered her question, by saying it's a biological question, it's not Amen. a psychological question. Uh, she answered. I would have jumped on that. Uh, first time I heard that, I said, "Man, I wish I was in that Senate." I would say, "You have answered the question. Thank you." That it is a biological issue. And here, yes. uh, Judas, uh, excuse me, Pilate, Pilate is is saying he is king of the Jews, and he is asking, "Are you truly king of the Jews?" And, and his declaration is true. And so that is so true today. I, we want you to make that declaration in your heart and your life that Jesus is Lord, but you need to know that you're doing it. You who are listening, you need to know that he is Lord. You need to know that he is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and we will one day be accountable to him. Now, Alex, he's going to get to this in a moment, and we're jumping ahead because i not got about a minute and a half, but Pilate's going to say, do you not fear me? Do you not realize I have the power to release you or crucify you? And Jesus responds, you have no power except the power that's been given to you from above. So, so Jesus, he he man, I, I just admire him so much. I should. But he comes right to the crux of the matter, doesn't he?
2: He really does. He really does. And you know what? Leader, this is why leaders need to lead righteously and godly. Whether you're a teacher in a classroom, you you should teach truth because God gave you that platform, or the president in the Oval Office, or a justice on a legal bench. Leaders really are only entrusted with their authority, but God
1: holds all the authority. And we're talking about leaders in government. We're talking about leaders, pastors, teachers in a small group, parents in the family. Truth, consecrate on it, and Jesus is the truth. We're going to take phone calls at that number, 888
2: American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly media-rich culture.
1: Media is like such a powerful tool to communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really
3: a joy.
0: American Family net.
3: You've got Christians who <laughs> love Jesus and they have kids and they're just like, I just don't know what my calling is.
0: Right. Will and Mickey Addison.
3: What is it uh, that Jesus wants me to do? I feel man. like I'm a teacher. And that's why why when you go to the scripture and talk about equipping the saints for work of ministry, you should look inside first. It can be right, you know,
1: at your address.
0: Marriage, family, and the church. That's the focus of airing the Addisons. Weekday afternoons at 2 Central on American Family Radio.
2: on a track to mitigate the credit card debt.
0: Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands.
2: Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps.
0: Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. She
1: took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute.
3: Genesis 3 records for us the cataclysmic rebellion against God in the Garden of Eden. The entire episode, Eve's entertainment of the sensual lies of the talking snake, the deceptive twisting of God's Word, all of it transpired
1: with Adam standing right there. Adam was the one to whom God entrusted his word originally. Adam was the one God charged with cultivating and protecting the
3: garden and his wife. Yet he stood there, silent. Men, let us not repeat Adam's sin of present absence. Stand on God's
1: word and defend your gardens. Listen each weekday from 5
0: to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
2: When the darkness falls, the greatest heights They never seem so tall, no not at all You're right It's my roots that you're growing Don't want to miss what you're showing Ain't no doubt about you Everywhere that I go You keep showing up, all
1: You make me want to shout it Amen oh, We want to wait till that comes in And Alex, thank your wife Ooh. for putting that And suggesting <laughs> that for Buffer Music isn't that a great song? It is. I it's love like it when man. it cuts in like that. That is awesome. And we are taking phone calls. We got one up, but that means we got several lines open. And that number, 888-589-8840, 8840 uh, We've got the first caller of the year. Who will be the second caller? Make wow. that call right now. and Let's see who that is. Well, Alex, you ready to take the phone call? I, oh ready to take
2: the phone call i gotta tell you can i tell you a quick quick story about toby mack and dc talk yes many, many people will know dc talk they've been amazing you know they started out as a christian rap group but they later became you know r- made great music they've won grammys uh 1989 angie and i were brand new married newlyweds went up to liberty university and uh, to see the campus. And I was going to enroll in seminary. Well, I mean, there was a blizzard. And on Saturday night, Dr. Falwell came out and he said, well, we've got some entertainment tonight. Um, n- not many people could come to college for a weekend because of the blizzard, but um, they're a little group on campus. and We think they're going to make it. So we- our entertainment tonight is DC Talk. Toby <laughs> Mac, and there were like 11 of us in an auditorium. <laughs> Oh, and wow. we heard DC talk anyway. Hey, Amen. Hey, great they
1: story. They made it. They did. I would say so. Hey, we're going to Nebraska to Jerry. Jerry, we're at in Nebraska. Are you?
0: Hey, I'm up in Valentine, Nebraska.
1: That's what I, I figured. Birds and Alex. Yeah. How much snow you have, Jerry? Well, we had
0: two feet of snow a while back, and we're getting two more feet right now.
1: <laughs> all I got to say is. Thank you for the South. Okay, but yes, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yes. go ahead with your question, Jerry. Your first caller in yeah. 2023. You need to put that in your journal.
0: Okay. Hey, you made a comment about uh, the uh, Pontius Pilate and, and Jesus. Um, I'm not a smart enough guy to come up with stuff of my own, but I read uh, Jonathan Kahn and his uh, book of mysteries. He points out that, you know, in the uh, Jewish tradition, there was the scapegoat, the two goats that the priest had to choose one and send one loose to bear the sins of the people. So that was what what happened during, uh, you know, Jewish Passover. So when uh, Pontius Pilate had to choose between two people and, assess, in essence, lay his hands on them, he got to choose between Bar Abbas. Now, if you know Judaism, Bar, B-A-R, means son of— and Abba means father. Yep. So Barabbas, that we call him, he was really the son of the father, and Jesus was the father's son. Essentially, they were two identical scapegoats, and Pontius had to choose one to bear the sins of the nation.
1: Jerry, thank That's you all. for that. Listen, brother, that is awesome, the scapegoats. you haven't studied that in the Bible, uh, Old Testament, you need to. And Alex, that was a great, the son of, and the God of you know that is neat
2: amen what a great first call of the year you know back in uh, Leviticus 16 the scapegoat was used in a in ceremonies they would put their hands on it and then send it off into the wilderness and um, you know you see some symbolism uh, in that Jesus was crucified outside the city wall our sins were put on him just like in Leviticus 16 the 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 guilt of the people was symbolically put on the scapegoat. But my goodness, what a
1: great call and very informative. And thank you for pointing these things out. Thank you, Jerry, very much. Let's go to Arkansas. Joe, are you there?
0: I'm here, yes. Welcome. my question is this. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. And uh, my question is this. Uh, When Mary and Joseph took Jesus, and fled into Egypt with him to get him away from Herod, who was wanting to kill him. Uh, What's known about where they went to in Egypt and what Jesus' life was like when he was a very young child in Egypt? What's known about that period of his life?
1: Okay, thank you, Joe. Well, we know he was very young uh, before he went, maybe a year uh, when Joseph got that because the wise men had to make their trek all the way to Bethlehem and then they left out. Now, how long—Alex, do you remember how long it was that the king lived that was dangerous, and when he had died, Joseph got a dream to come back? Do you remember Wasn't it it about two years? I thought it was. I'm trying to remember my my history on that. I think it was in those two to three years.
2: Yeah, um, because, see, history tells us that Herod died in 4 B.C. So um, the— Uh, census under Quirinius, governor of Syria, occurred around 6 to 5 BC. And uh, Matthew tells us, you know, that, um, you know, an angel of the Lord told Joseph, go and stay in Egypt till I tell you. So it was approximately a year and a half to two years at
1: at most. Yeah. And far as his life then, uh, we only know what it says. He grew in favor with God and man. He did that before 12. He did that after 12, and Jesus was growing. Again, the mystery that Alex talked about a few minutes ago about man's responsibility and free will and God's sovereignty and working together, Jesus being God and man, him growing uh, in knowledge Mm -hmm. of God, uh, that's a mystery too, and don't let the mystery draw you out. Let it draw you in. It has drawn me in, Alex, to have these questions that intrigue me and and say, wow, this is the God that we serve. So uh, thank you so much, Joe, for that good question. Let's go to Louisiana and talk to Vivian. Welcome, Vivian.
0: Okay, thank you for answering my call. Uh, I, I wrote a song
2: called Gone in the Twinkling of an Eye. It depicts the rapture of the church and I keep hearing from different programs that God is coming back. But in the Bible, doesn't doesn't it
0: say that God is coming back for a glorious church? And if he is, what do you think he meant when he said glorious church, without spot or wrinkle?
1: Amen. Listen, we will never be practically in our own knowledge without spot and wrinkle. It is wrinkle. <clears throat> it is only through the blood of God of Jesus Christ that we're redeemed and we become and are a part of that glorious church. Alex, uh, if the blood of Jesus Christ, how powerful is it to make sinners like us without spot and wrinkle? Isn't that amazing?
2: Well, you know, 1 Peter one nineteen says that we're redeemed, quote, with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without spot or blemish. Now, that phrase without spot or blemish is also um, in Ephesians 5.27. L- let me just say this, because, you know, Christians can be carnal. Christians can be backslid. I would say that we are a glorious church without spot or blemish positionally in the sense that we've been washed by the blood and our, our punishment was put on Jesus. Now, through sanctification, we're supposed to be progressively more and more like Jesus. But I really think the, the final perfecting or the glorification of the church, that's going to be like what Paul talked about in uh, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty two in, in an instant in the twinkling of an eye, when that trumpet sounds and we're caught up to be with Jesus. The full um, spot removal
1: uh, is going to take place when we get glorified in heaven, isn't it? It is. Our salvation is past, present, and future we have been saved we have been redeemed we are being saved sanctification in the future the third part of this salvation is glorification we will have a body likened unto his body and and so we're not going to be little gods don't you interpret it that way but we will be with him so this salvation uh listen alex when i found out the fullness of the whole salvation the three parts It really set my heart on fire for God that I have been saved, but I'm being saved, and I'm becoming more and more sanctified, set apart for him. But one day, it will be the completion act of glorification. So thank you, Vivian. We appreciate that. Good question. Yes. Let's go to Mississippi and talk with Joe. Welcome, Joe.
0: Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my
1: call. Well, thank you for calling. What part of Mississippi are you from, Joe? Uh, Natchez. Oh, man, a beautiful, historical city. But what's your question for us?
0: Many years ago when I got saved, I was taught about the uh, in the beginning when God separated the waters on Earth from the waters in the sky and that it basically was a, a layer of water in the upper atmosphere. It had a terranium effect uh, on the Earth to, to modify the temperature so that it didn't have the hot and cold the way we do now and that it had never rained before Noah's time. I thought that was common experience commonly accepted and i'm finding out more recently that it's not i'd like your opinion
1: okay joe thank you alex uh we're talking about something greenhouse we talk about because the dinosaurs how how long because dinosaurs are like crocodiles and alligators they continue to grow they never stop growing and that's the reason dinosaurs got so big when noah took dinosaurs on the ark they were the small but when they came out they did not have that canopy effect and they would become extinct but it has they gotten a lot of different opinions but when you read the old testament about creation and the flood and what took place that description about not raining beforehand because that's exactly a script exactly from scripture isn't it
2: yes and um do you know one of the best books on this there was a man named john whitcomb uh, W-H-I-T-C-O-M-B, and he wrote a book years ago called The Early Earth. And uh, I would say that's a good book to read on this. But in in the book of Genesis, in, in you know, Genesis 1 and 2, and it talks about um, the word firmament or expanse. And nine times in the first chapter of Genesis, you read about this expanse. And there was the waters below and waters above now the vapor canopy uh if you hear that term uh, a lot of people in fact one of the most brilliant scholars on creation issues was the late dr henry morris he had his um phd from virginia polytechnic institute brilliant guy and i would encourage you another book and i and i only recommend books that i that i've read myself but he wrote a book called the genesis record and so, Bert, I agree with this understanding of the text and of geology that before the flood of Noah, that in the upper atmosphere, there was a, a an expanse of water, a vapor canopy, if you will, that made the globe like this greenhouse. Yeah. And, you know, they've found fossils of like dragonflies with three foot wingspans. And for one thing, that vapor canopy probably a mile thick in the upper atmosphere, it would have filtered out uh, ultraviolet rays. Um, it would have accounted for some of the long ages of people and animals. And so, prior to the flood, um, it would have been this very humid. Um, Bert, I think about this every time you, you and I go down to Nashville to the National Religious Broadcasters, and we're in that big facility with all those plants and all, you know, yeah. down there.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like that, isn't it? It really is. That's a beautiful example, Alex. Let me show you this. Uh, They've taught the continental drift. Honestly, if it were drift, you would not have all the jaggedness in the mountain ranges that you have at the bottom of the ocean. If it was just a little drift alone, it would be a smooth bottom. But it happened drastically. That's where the, the water from the deep came up, and you had the separation of the continents going different ways. And so, uh, Joe, great question. And it was good that you would ask that today. That's a great and important question. Man, today is a day for Joe's. This is the third Joe that we talked to today from Louisiana. Welcome, Joe. Yes, sir. Uh, Guys, I want to thank you for your program. I've been listening for many years. Uh, I was saved at an early age in a Southern Baptist church, been there for over 40 years. And my question is, About modern-day prophets today, have you met any or ever talked to any? Let me say, prophets today have the Word of God, and they're able, I I would say this, Alex, they're able to look at the Word of God in a prophetic way, and the one that comes to me, he's going to be of the Lord that I knew and listened to, Jack Van Impey. Did you ever uh, <clears throat> hear or know, it was hard not to call him a prophet. He was a Bible teacher, but he would go straight to the Word of God with prophecy concerning what God would do, uh, and and I want to tell you, it was intriguing and good, wasn't it? Well, it really was, and you know, this is worth talking about,
2: because let me, let me just say, uh, the word prophecy can mean several things like Jeremiah or Daniel or Isaiah that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they predicted the future, and the Old Testament prophets. If you want to really read prophets, read Amos, and you know, read uh, the the Old Testament writers that spelled out world history in advance. But then there's to prophesy can be to foretell what God's word says. But Bert, I'm going to name some prophets of our of our own time, pro- prophetic in the sense of discernment. And they could see around the corner before we got there. One was my friend, the late Chuck Colson. Uh, somebody else, real Jack Van Impey, Don Wildman. And I remember in the 80s, my mother watched Don Wildman on television. And you know what they said? They said, if we don't turn to Christ, our nation will suffer greatly. And that's been true.
1: Yes, Brent, uh, Joe, what you have, excuse me, Joe, you have those that foretell and foretell. Prophets did both. And those that are prophetic about a voice, they can have vision of what God's about to do and going to do, but it will never contradict the word of God. Uh, Brent, Randy, we would love to have gotten to you today. Call back. We'd love to talk to you tomorrow. Alex, Get home safely, brother, but we enjoyed you being in the airport, man.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Bert. And thanks for
1: listening to Exploring the Word, everybody. Happy New Year. Let's live this year for Jesus. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow Amen. On Exploring 20, the Word. 2023. Thank you for listening.